Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to The Writer's Block with Jim Christina and Russ Avison right here on LA Talk Radio. So long, sad times, go long, bad times, we are rid of you at last. Howdy, gay times, cloudy, gray times, you are now a thing of the past. days are here again the skies above are clear again so let's sing a song of cheer again happy days are here again okay and that is course Barbara Streisand and that's somewhat of an inside joke if if anybody's ever read our next author um (laughs) this is uh LA talk radio this is the writer's block coming to you from deep within the bowels of of uh, star Idaho in my own little private studio I've got going here and um, we have on the line with us uh, actually a, a good friend of the show and actually a, a friend of mine as well. Um, he was born in the 18th century mining ship. Ken LaSalle is not his real name. <laughs> he just likes it. He writes about whatever he damn well pleases, hoping to build more of a cult following than a readership just for a cut in the robes. Looking for mainstream but sticking to the shore, you can find more about Ken LaSalle at the imaginatively named www.kenlasalle.com. That's LaSalle with two L's. Would you please welcome to the writer's block for another appearance, Mr. <laughs> Ken LaSalle. Well, thank <laughs> hey, you buddy. very much. Thank you very much. I really See, appreciate it. You send that and I use it. That's what happens. Yeah, I was I was really sick of my old bio. I was really <laughs> tired of throwing that thing around. Well, this was great. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely yeah. love it. After I went through burnout earlier this year, I came out of it, and I I, I kind of feel like I'm sick and tired of asking for people's permission. Oh yeah, you know? well, like I totally get that. Trust me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, it's it's like we, we whenever Jerry books anybody on the show, we have to go through the whole thing about you know, is it okay if we say this? Do we have you know? Can we can we leave this out? You know, how do you really want your bio to read? Because of course, however it reads on your sheet is going to get how it's done. And if yeah. there's lies on it, of course, you know, there's, you're stuck with them, not us. That's why so. I went with 100% truth. Well, there, there you go. And, and now, that, now that I know personally that your name isn't really Ken LaSalle, we can. <laughs> so, but this just leads me to the question, what the hell is your real name? Well, 
actually, um, Ken LaSalle was a name that I've kind of has kind of been in the back of my head my whole life. Uh, my name's Ken LaSalle, um, but I I was told at a young age that our our forebears uh, in our family, our families, our families spread all over the place, and I was told that the the last name used to be LaSalle. And then I re- read about uh, Robert LaSalle, the famous explorer. I got all these romantic ideas. And uh, as I got older, I just kind of held on to the name. And then when it came time uh, to uh, use a pseudonym, a pen name, uh, I decided to use that not only because I wanted a name that sounded just a, a little bit cooler than mine. Um, I wanted to... I kind of approached being a writer as a way of changing my whole life. I wanted to be a better person because I wanted to be a better writer. So I, I said, Ken LaSalle is going to be the very best I can be. And that's who he's going to be. And so I've been living this lie for about almost a decade now. Huh? And it's kind of working out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you're virtually the only person I've ever met. That's named yourself after a car. So congratulations. (laughs) or a watch, or a school. <laughs> so many, especially anywhere near Chicago, there's lots of LaSalle's. There you go. Well, in Detroit, there's a whole bunch of them, too. Yes. But, <laughs> and they still dream about making cars. What are you going to do? <laughs> you are uh, such a prolific writer, and, you've, and, you, and you have your own radio show, and you, and you do podcasts, and you do live performance, and you do just about everything. Let's talk about that for a little bit, because, I mean, we've never really gotten into that aspect of, of, your, of your abilities before, and I kind of like to dig into it a little bit. Well, my background's in theater. Um, I wanted to be an actor uh, from, from a very young age, and unfortunately, I found out that uh, you always had to say other people's words, right? and I kind of got sick of it. Right. Well, it also it also takes talent. I mean, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> well, there's that too. Um, but uh, yeah, I just kind of got tired of doing other people's work over and over, and that's yeah. why I find uh, you know I need to write. I need to. I always wanted. I always had the writer in me. It was always a struggle between the two, and finally, it, about ten years ago, I kind of threw everything aside and I went full 100 percent into the writing. Yeah, but like yeah. you said. It, while I'm doing that, I do uh, things like DC Home, where I write it and record it and perform it the, the same week. And I, I uh, we're going to do a radio serial for Max Stedge uh, later this year. Uh, I've already got one actress signed on, and I'm going to be doing uh, – I'll be reading a part. I, I read everything I do. When uh-huh. I do audiobooks, I read them. When uh-huh. you name it, I, <laughs> I've got to have my uh, – I've got to have my voice in it. Right. Well, you know, I, there, I, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about was your DC home and, and because you do do this and it's sort of in the vein of a Prairie home companion. Yeah. And I, I, I read, I read volume one and it's called the script and it's absolutely phenomenal. It is, it is one of the funniest things I think I've ever read in my life and it's all true. And thank you very much. Except for a few small people that are, that are in there. Um, like the owner of the bar and and a few another a couple other Sean her stepson or or right. ward or whatever you want to call him, and and of course the old man. The, everyone else is a real person. Yeah, and, yeah, and pretty much. 
And you see, you see glimpses of Ruth Bader Ginsburg that you never really thought you'd ever see. Right. And, yeah. and of course, you see, you see, um, of course, Kavanaugh that you always knew that you would see. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and, the, I, and the truth comes out about a lot of like, like, like Moscow Mitch and all yeah. these guys and. And and I just absolutely it was just hilarious and I and I abs and this is only volume one. Yeah, I'll be doing fifteen more um, right early next year, I think. Um, and as we when we talked earlier, when we spoke earlier, I'd mentioned to you that I really wanted to do something political, but I didn't want to just give my opinion. I wanted to find some way of telling a story, uh-huh. which is why I thought it would be so interesting not to plot the story right just to lay down the characters see what happens in washington and whatever that tide was it would take the characters wherever they had to go right let them write their own ridiculous yeah and they yeah. do so and, well at it yeah i was shocked when i think it was like four weeks in the government shutdown came that lasted wow. something like eight to ten weeks something like that yeah. Yeah, and of course since these people own a bar and bars are dependent upon economic tides of right. course they're swept right into that also so it was absolutely it was a shock to me and such a pleasure <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i hoped you know that it would get really juicy and and uh-huh. as it went it it did it got juicier and juicier it was fantastic i, I had the best time well i have to say that um it it it, it absolutely just kept me rapidly stuck to the page until i was done with page 72 or 74 or whatever it was i i i really honestly truly think that you should publish these in just small little booklets yeah and, and put them out in series as they come put them out because pe- I'm, people would love reading these things yeah well that's well, the plan. not, not going to be not so much the right wing but the, <laughs> the, the lefters certainly would enjoy reading these things yeah well I mean, when i when i when I wrote when I wrote the first one, I was so uh, I, I was just so angry about everything. The first episode really is just a knife attack against a variety of people. It's well, just like, yes, that absolutely. Person, yes, that you did. Person, and you twisted that. it. And, and yeah. you did twist it. Well, you know, I, I told you that that um, Jerry and I had had a show on for about a month and a half called KWTF Radio. Right. And um, we will be back on again. We're just gonna. We got to get the sponsorship together, and but n- now is the time to put that stuff out there, uh, you know. And and you, when you wake up in the morning and MSNBC is mentioning your radio show, yeah, that's some that's cool. I mean, that you know, is very cool. You know, because if they can appreciate it, even though you know Fox News can't. Yeah. <laughs> but. I I've read a number of your works, well, a number two, and plus this, and <laughs> and and uh, but you, I mean your your books tend to tend they they aren't that long, but they tend to really keep you rapidly in, involved in them until you're done, and you're they just your characters are so vivid and your your storylines are so great that I mean you know I just I I can't. I just can't say good enough things about you, Ken. That's all there Jeez. is to it. I really appreciate it, and I, I, I hope everyone I hope everyone in America just heard your voice. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you that live right now, you got about 250 Gs that are listening to us live, so there you go. Hello, 250. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's 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 250 more than you had uh, exactly. 15 minutes ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> always, always happy to 
to find a new reader. Yeah, because, um, you know, the beautiest part of this program is we go out live, and then we also have the podcasts available. So, right. That's what I <laughs> I always tell everybody because it's so hard to you know everybody's like seven o'clock I gotta get seven o'clock and don't worry they have an archive right it's okay right breathe yeah. deep <laughs> it's always more fun if you catch it live because then then you catch live radio and well, and well in my case able to happen in my case I gotta catch it uh, recorded with my wife as soon as we finish she's getting home at about eight o'clock our time and we're gonna ah. sit down and listen to it and she's going to let me know how I did oh well. <laughs> Well, having met your wife, she's going to have an opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have a great time, and we kind of miss being able to go into the studio because we've had such a great time going in and seeing you. Well, yeah, and you mentioned the other night when we talked that, um, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of, yeah, we, we kind of let loose last time you were yeah. in the and, and And that's okay. I mean, you know, this this being live radio, and as long as you, we keep the language kind of clean, even though we don't have to. <laughs> Um, it kind of helps, but, uh, we can say pretty much anything we want to. Yeah. And, I tend to, I tend to write a lot dirtier than I speak. Um, <laughs> Oops, what is I'm, I'm afraid I'm one of those potty mouth kind of guys, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I have characters in my books that just use F words. Like they're just, you know, part of their vocabulary. Oh. Oh, they are part oh, of their Yeah. That's, that's, that's the fun. That's <laughs> oh, I know. People like, well, they didn't use the F word that much in the West. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. As a matter of fact, women used it more than men. <laughs> so there you have it. Tell us about your latest book, because um, it was amazing. It was an amazing read. Uh, and, and I apologize for asking this question. Which one? <laughs> God, uh, now you're going to make me have to dig back in my archives <laughs> to find it. Was uh, it heaven denied? Uh, yes. I sent you too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, well, Heaven and I was was uh, it was really interesting. I wrote Heaven Enough uh, about four years back, and heard a lot of people asking me what was going to happen to the characters. Oh. So I sat down and I thought, if I was going to break this one book out into a series, how would I do it? And then I asked uh, my publisher at the time, Limitless. You're still there, right? Who me? I'm here. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's such a clear signal. There's no hiss or anything. <laughs> no, there's no, there's um, none. I mean, this microphone no, is tremendous. It's it's terrific. Um, but I had to leave the the publisher because they didn't want to go with the series. So uh, I decided if I'm going to do that, I'm going to write out everything. So I sat down and wrote two books uh, at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, the next two, which are Heaven Denied and Heaven for Now, which is coming out later this year. And, um, so the two, the two books are tied together and actually where the, where heaven denied ends, uh, heaven for now kind of picks up. Uh, uh-huh. um, but, um, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I don't know <laughs> your story. Um, yeah, I just, I just drew a mental blank. This Sorry. is, this is all part of the heaven <laughs> series. This, this is one of two. Yes. Well, it's one of three because heaven for well, now is three. Out later. Yeah. And actually, as it turns out, my mom's a big fan of these books, uh, which is a little weird because they're romantic books. Uh, but um, she asked me if there's going to be anything else. And I said, I'm going to take five years and then maybe I'll do another one because uh, I really uh, enjoy these characters. They're, they're a lot of fun uh, because Matt Murphy, the the uh, main character in the heaven books, uh, he tends to. 
he tends to put his foot in his mouth an awful lot. And, well, yeah, uh, he tends to lose everything every time he turns around. Yeah, and and that's kind of kind of uh, that kind of runs through most of my characters. I don't write competent people. <laughs> I write I write bumbling people who mean really really mean well. And uh-huh. in in most of my books, things work out, and sometimes sometimes they don't. But in most of the time, I have a pretty optimistic outlook on life. Okay, I'll go. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go with optimistic. Okay, <laughs> at least I try. Um, well, I, I mean, I read the I read the book where you were. I read your first book where you were um, trying to get a job out in Riverside, and it was absolutely a great book. And you were trying to take care of your friend. Whose that wife had died, uh, and oh my God, Maya. Was, yeah. yeah, and what yeah. a what a what a great story, and and you you weren't any any too gentle on yourself in that book. No, no, I I I went through a period where I was writing about myself a lot. I think that's a that might be a thing with some writers. I know it was with me. I I wrote right. a lot of stuff based on myself, and I think I was trying to kind of work through whatever I had to work through, so I could just kind of put that aside. And start working, uh, start writing fiction again, which is why now I'm focused on so much on fiction. I'm sure at some point I'm going to get back into writing uh, more autobiographical stuff. But uh, right now, my my thrust is really into fiction. I'm I'm really digging where my characters are going. My next thing, uh, my next project is to do with work of art. What I did with uh, Heaven Enough, I'm going to write the next two work of art books back to back. Uh And. And uh, I actually opened up um, my outline of the series for the first time since I wrote Work of Art. I opened it up. I thought, okay, so where am I? What am I going to do next? And I realized that in that time, I've actually taken a couple of the books and fused them together because they work better together than they work separately. Uh huh. So I've actually had to throw away the old roadmap, and I've got to come up with a new roadmap now. <laughs> ah, I you know I actually did that with um. Two of my stories. One was called uh, the the. Let me see. What was it? I forgot. Oh, never mind. It's probably a stupid story. In it. No, it was no, the return. Don't you hate that the when one was so many things. I know. Can't remember the, the return. <laughs> the return, and then uh, the dark angel, and they were about the same demon that kept coming back, and he was taking over the bodies of um of uh, fallen ministers, people who oh. men of God who have lost their faith. Wow. And one, the first part takes care takes part in Arizona. The second part takes part in Louisiana. And I originally had written them as two separate books, but I thought, man, no, this is dumb. They go together. Yeah, like you, I just put it together into one book, and it's called The Return, um, Part One and Part Two. Part One is the Dark Angel. Part Two is the Return. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just. I mean, I'm just, we're not talking about me, but we can. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you know, you're told so many things when you start out about what you, how you're supposed to work and what you're supposed to do as a writer. And it's always, you always have emphasized to you how important, you know, outlining is and how important it is to have a a plan and things like that. And then later on, you, you start throwing those things away. Right, you know, because they hold you back. Yeah, more you become than a pantser. Yeah, yeah, become a pantser. I mean, it's just you're, because eventually, when you're writing enough, your stories write themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I, it, I always believe that. Yeah, it is ninety nine percent character. If you have the right characters, they're going to take you 
where you need to go. Absolutely. You know, that's one thing I'd like to discuss with you because this actually is a show about writing and, and it's for new writers. So let's get into new writer stuff. Character development. Um, how much time do you spend on developing your characters before you throw them into a story? Well, I spend a lot of time before I write a single word, just thinking about uh, what I'm doing, just thinking uh-huh. about what I'm doing next. Uh, I spend a lot of time because I'm, I'm fortunate every morning I walk about five miles. So I have a <laughs> lot of time during that period to, uh, to think. And so I spend a lot of time thinking about each character. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of characters that I just throw in the back and I just think, eh, they'll figure themselves out. Right. Um, but the ones that I know are going to be the focus, I spend a lot of time just trying to get inside their heads and figure out where they want to go. And instead right. of just put, you know, if you, if you just push something along, you can do that. You can write a book where you're just pushing characters along, but it reads that way. Uh-huh. Uh, so you really kind of have to get into their heads and figure out where they want to go. And then turn that into the story that you want to tell. Right. Um, so I'd say usually around two months Two. well, I'd say it's about a year of from the time when I first think about writing, whatever I'm uh-huh. going to be writing. Uh-huh. It's about a year before I actually uh, actually write. And in that time, I can take notes and I can write down pieces and little bits that I think might work. But most of the time it's just in my head and Uh I try and live with them and I try and get a feel for them. So like in heaven enough, uh, I, that one, I didn't spend a whole lot of time thinking about. I had the idea for the book and it kind of came real fast and I wrote it real fast and fortunately it worked. (laughs) And, And then, and then after it was out, and I had people asking me what I was going to do with it. I realized that in order to write more, I had to go back and figure out what I had done uh-huh. and who they were uh-huh. so I could figure out where the story wanted to go. And as it turned out, the story ended up using I ended up using Heaven Enough as the background, as the as the past history of the characters uh-huh. rather than using it to I didn't do a direct Heaven Denied isn't a direct sequel. You know, it takes place about six months after. Uh-huh. So that gives me some 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 room to play with, so I can uh, so I can make them, so I can write the the story I want given the people I have. You know, to to right. work with. Right. Uh, whereas with Max Dedge, I know Max Dedge inside and out. Right. Uh, and I didn't I didn't realize it until a few months ago. Vicky and I were talking about Max and and. Uh, I realized Max that I'm Max Dedge if Max Dedge was a writer because Max Dedge is a guy who he is going to be a detective. Nothing's going to stop him. It doesn't matter if you know he doesn't. He's not going to get a license. He's not going to. He's not right. going to do the things you're supposed to do. Right. He's going to get out there and do his job. And that's kind of like what I do as a writer. I I came about this my way. I want to write my stories. And as a matter of fact, today I released a podcast that said to hell with a platform because I'm sick and tired of trying to build a platform. You know, you're told as a writer, you got to build a platform yeah. of blogging and social media. And I had a, I have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast and I'm kind of tired of putting, you know, 90% of my work in to build this platform when 
I want to put that work into writing books. Yes. I'm, so, in, I'm in agreement with you. Yeah. So I decided I've, I've spent the last five years or so really pushing for a media uh, to get a platform going. Okay. And I have a, a small following on my YouTube channel and I have a small following on my podcast. So what I've decided to do is I'm going to move away because I'd moved into really trying to monetize everything I do, which I don't like because it makes me feel like I'm selling too much of myself. Um, so what I'm going to do is instead of making these things that I want to sell on the podcast or whatnot, I'm going to just be me and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to use the YouTube channel and the podcast to open up my personal side a little bit, you know, uh, let more of me come out. Right. Um, except for the only thing I'm going to keep from this whole experiment <laughs> is actually DC home because that was so much fun to do. It was oh. so fulfilling. Well, so, it, as as well it should be. Yeah. So that one is definitely coming back. Um, Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so that's that's kind of how I go about <laughs> in a very roundabout way of answering uh, uh-huh. character development. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to be writing the next two work of art books. And actually, uh, today I sat down and I started rereading work of art, um, An Intention of Flowers, the first book in the work of art series. Uh-huh. I started rereading it because as I was trying to think of where I want the next stories to go, I realized I need to get to know that book again because it's been about a couple of years since I read it. And um, I don't know the characters as well as 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 I used to. Uh huh. So I'm going to go back through and read and take notes and, you know, get inside of the, these characters so I can yeah. write the next bit. Yeah, yeah. But I got to tell you, the 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 funniest, the best story uh, about work of art, because work of art is the first book, Intention of Flowers. It was a story about a teacher who was uh, really, really taught by his students. It was a right. flip on that stand and deliver uh, kind of uh, story where the teacher comes into the inner city school, uh, excuse me, inner, inner city school and uh, enlightens all the students. I thought that was kind of BS. I wanted to turn it on its head. But after I wrote the first book, I thought, well, okay, I want to write four more of these. And this guy's going to be teaching art. And I'm going to write four books about an art teacher. I thought, what did I get myself into? This is going to be boring. (laughs) Well, the first one wasn't boring. I mean, I read it. That's what we talked about the last time you were on the show. Well, yeah, but but imagine doing four more. Um, But then... I I was talking to a friend of mine who's a teacher, and uh, he told me, he said, you know, if a real teacher did what your teacher did in that book, he would have been fired. And I thought, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, he gets fired. There's a story. Well, you know, there it is. Hey, I got to have to put you on hold for just a minute. There's nothing. No problem. We got it. We got to run a run a commercial. Uh, So, uh, Ronan, if you don't mind, let's uh, hear a little bit about Out West. The Writer's Block is sponsored by Out West Shop, your online portal to great Western apparel. Log on to outwestshop.com to see the latest in men's and women's Western and country Western inspired apparel and accessories. Click on Out West Live for on-demand live Western music concerts, Western music and equestrian lifestyle radio show podcasts, as well as this one, The Writer's Block. 
shock. Why not listen while you shop? Use coupon code RADIO to save on your purchases this month. OutWestShop.com delivers the West to you no matter where you hang your hat, door to door and around the world. Remember, it's always a great day out West. And we are back live with uh, Mr. Ken LaSalle. And, we're, and we are <laughs> talking about his... Uh, his uh, his writing scourge, as we all have it, and we are all authors have it. We we feel we feel beat up by the public, but you know we keep doing it, and that's that's what I guess that's what matters the very most. But yeah. um, we have the faith. Um, yeah, well, you got to keep something, and if you can't keep money, <laughs> you might as well keep the faith. <laughs> you know, I I just figured a long time ago, never give up your day job if you're a writer because you're always going to need it. Boy, I goofed. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I hear you. Hey, um, l- let me ask you another question. I and I and I, I'd like to get into more your style. Uh, I asked this question last week for the very first time, and I, I I think it's a great question to ask writers on this show. Do you believe in an acknowledgments page, and if so, why? Wow. Um, well, um, I think I think it could be useful. Uh, in in certain circumstances in fiction i just do a dedication but as far as an acknowledgments page i guess if i was to write a non-fiction book with that had a lot of sources and i needed a lot of uh assistance from people uh then i would definitely want to acknowledge them uh, but outside of that i don't know if i would i don't know if i would use that okay well, that's that's fair enough that's fair enough yeah yeah, and I, 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 I got to tell you, I hate dedication pages because after you've written a few books, you kind of run out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually true. And unless somebody really put in a lot of time with you, then you know, what do you keep saying? Thanks yeah. to my dog. Thanks to my wife. Thanks. You know, <laughs> I dedicate a lot of books to my wife, but then she's been amazing. She's been. Uh, I can't give her enough credit for my success. She's well, been fantastic. Mine too. And you know, I, I, if it weren't for mine, you wouldn't be on the show. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And, and she also edits a lot of my work. So That's Andy. Yeah, really. And it's, it's free. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's, so, that's where heaven for now is going right now. As a matter of fact, over to Vicky's desk so she can read it and, Tell me if I made a fool of myself. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I give him two more. I, I give her, I give Jerry a, a chapter at a time. So I, if I have to rewrite, it's not like the entire book. Ah, good idea. Good yeah. idea. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I try to be smart, but I don't know. <laughs> um, well, the, heaven, okay. the, well, the, the, the two heaven books for me, I'm, I just got to throw this out there because I de- having just finished, I just put heaven for now uh, to bed. And, and I just, I got to tell you the story because it just, it cracks me up. Every time I think about this, I think, what in the hell have I been doing? Um, so heaven enough comes out. And at the end of the book, uh, two guys meet and fall in love and it happens in the background. It happens way back behind the scene. Like you, you hardly even see it. Uh huh. But what do you think was the, the characters, everybody who asked me to write more books asked about? Of course. <laughs> they asked about the guys. Of course. And and when I sat down to write the next books, I thought, what how how am I gonna how am I gonna do justice to these guys? How, how am I gonna write these characters? You know? Cause 
as as good a writer as I am, I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. everybody thinks it's an LBGTQ book. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's uh it, it's it's quicksand, you know? And I um and I I figured the only way I could do it, the only way I could write that is if I wrote the emotion and I wrote the the experience of the emotion and not the gender and not the stereotype. Gotcha. So the relationship is all about just that that kind of gut punch that you feel when you fall in love. Sure. And uh, that I can write, you know. So the, I guess what I, I guess my point of telling this uh, this story is if you're going to if you're going to write characters that are so outside of your experience, you got to find some connection. You know, and and they always say write what you know, but only a few years ago did I realize that that means so much more than the surface. Oh, you know, oh yes, uh, like for the long time, for the longest time, I thought write what you know meant write stories that you don't have to BS about. But, right. but then you kind of get into uh, you you get into like your twenty plus something book, and you 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 start seeing that. It's about the experiences and the emotions and the feelings. And those are the things that you know. And those are the things that you write about. So a lot of my books end up being about awkwardness and confusion. <laughs> well, that's okay. I mean, you know, uh, there's a, uh, what do you care? No, no, no I'm not, I'm not saying if that's where you're thing. at. I, that's, that's very cool. I always find it amusing because, uh, because, when when you read somebody, you're actually kind of reading. You're not just reading their story. You're reading them. You know, there's some of them Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. And so when these things come out of me, when I write these books, and they're so subconscious, they're so not intentional in in many ways. And I read it and I go, "Wow, I had something to work out there, didn't I?" <laughs> well, and you know, I mean, who hasn't been? Uh, self-conscious and awkward and yeah at one point in their life i can remember being in high school and being the most awkward kid in my class oh yeah you know <laughs> and, and and mostly because i was ugly but <laughs> that aside <laughs> but no i i get it i totally get it um you ever had writer's block well I just had burnout at the beginning of the year i don't normally get writer's block i don't uh -huh. normally have a problem writing and so, I uh -huh. mean, I, I have been on this, this tear since around, I want to say two, I, about a decade. Uh, I just wrote and wrote like a house on fire. Uh, I wrote plays up until about 2010 and I wrote a, I want to say 20 plus plays, uh, in about five years. And that actually paid less than writing novels. So I moved over to novels. Um, oh, yeah. and I've been able to make a little bit more money that way. Um, but still for about 10 years, never a problem writing. And I had, uh, friends of mine who wrote or who write, who told me you're going to burn out. You got to stop. You're going to burn out. And I couldn't, you know, when you're in that place where all you can do is write, where your fingers are on fire, yes. you Absolutely. just have to write. Right. And, uh, when, when burnout hit, at the end of last year and I just could not write. It was, it wasn't so bad the first couple of weeks and you think you're on vacation. Then you get into your second month and you really start climbing the walls. Yep. So, no, uh, no, it will. 
Yeah, yeah, and and that came right at the time when I was writing DC Home, uh, and I think I actually had to stop in the middle for about uh, for several weeks because I just couldn't write the next part. It just wouldn't come out. Yeah. Uh, but fortunately it stopped. And my wife, the whole time, my wife's hilarious. She's just laughing the whole time. It's going to pass. Stop worrying. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, the whole time pass. I'm thinking, what if I never write again? <laughs> it does pass. And you know, eventually you get back on your saddle and you keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I started a book and probably I want in May, April or May. And we moved and we've had so much stuff going on that I just haven't really had the gumption to get back into it. Yeah, that, that really throws you. It does. And, your you know, location. well, your whole life is thrown up in the air and yeah. you just go, well, you know. So fortunately, I was able to get back, you know, back on the, in the saddle with this show. We were on a hiatus for 10 weeks. Yeah. And, um, but they were do run, they did run the best of the uh, writers block while we were out. So that was you know bless them they they did take care of us. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it I, I actually was more interested in getting back into the show than I was in getting back into my novel. But I am uh-huh. going to have to get back into my novel. So eventually, eventually, I guess I I don't know maybe I'll even start another one and forget this one. Who knows? Yeah, I I hate putting down half finished books. That's Me the too. worst feeling for me. Um, so if you can't pick it up, that's always good, but you never know if you're going to have the same, you know, mojo or whatever, but I just don't want to put out a book of shit. I just don't want to do that. I heard that. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not, if I don't like it, then no one else is going to like it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I still have, uh, books that I will write and think who the hell wrote this? This is terrible. (laughs) I know. Um, usually about once a year. I'll get, I'll get this bee in my bonnet, so to speak. Uh, I'll get this great idea, or so I think, and I'll tell my wife, I got to put everything aside. I got to write this. It's amazing. And uh, then I write it, and I look at it, and I think, that is garbage. <laughs> and usually it's, usually, the, two years ago, I showed my wife, uh, uh, I had written a book, recorded the audiobook, played the audiobook for her. Within like about an hour is when it kicked in, and I realized, that is just trash. <laughs> and she wanted to hear more of it. And uh, last year, I was able to stop her within five minutes. So I'm getting better. Oh, you know? There you go. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I had to write it and record it and uh, produce yeah. it uh, before, before realizing realize. it was yeah. awful. <laughs> I get that. Hey, I'm going to put you on hold for another minute, and I'm going to run another commercial. So Ronan, if you wouldn't mind giving me an all dogs rule. Hey, J. Michael Michael here for All Dogs Rule. You know, if you're planning a trip and there's no way you can take your little canine buddy, how about considering All Dogs Rule Day Camp and Sleepover? That is right. All Dogs Rule Day Camp and Sleepover is the premium place for your four-legged friends to spend their time away from you. If you want a place where you know your buddy will be safe and have lots of attention, being able to play with other dogs, goats, sheep, horses, and more humans, then All Dogs Rule is the place for you. Acres of play space, grass, orange trees, the gorgeous Sespe River, and all with no stress and extras if you want, just ask. So when your dog returns home, you'll have to ask whose vacation was better. We all know it was the dog's. 
So check out their website at alldogsrule.com or give them a call, 805-524-1100. Your dog will thank you. That's alldogsrule.com, 805-524-1100. And we are back with Mr. Ken LaSalle. If you want to call and talk to Ken, the number here in the studio is 818-602-4929. Again, that number is 818-602-4929. Okay, Ken, we got about 10 minutes left, so let's get into the meat of things here. Okay. When you were writing, or when you, you, you said that you write in the morning and the afternoon, does it really matter when you sit down? No, it doesn't. Okay, is there any is there any time that is actually for you better than another? Well, here's the thing. I don't sleep that well. Um, so you would think that I get insomnia a lot, and I'm up many nights of the week. And you would think that that would be a perfect time to write. Uh, unfortunately, uh, when I don't sleep, I can't see too well. Right. So... <laughs> So uh, I I tend to stick with normal a normal schedule although you know I'm I have all these opportunities to write uh, so I usually write uh, I I come back from my uh, walk around uh, nine o'clock and I'll sit down and write until I get about twenty five hundred three thousand words which is usually till about two or three. Um, and then the rest of my time I'm spending working on other books so like right now for instance. Uh, I am working on outlining the next work of art books while I just finished Heaven for Now, and I did a podcast today, um, and right now I'm taking notes for uh, the Max Dedge serial, which is next year, and I'm also, uh, I've also started taking notes for a nonfiction book I'm going to write in about five Let's see, uh, four years, three years, something like that. Um, It's called In Case We Forgot. Uh, I'm writing a book, a general book of knowledge for my nephew, Hayden. He's going to be out of high school um, in about three years. And um, I want to give him this book, the kind of book I wish I'd gotten when I got out of high school, just full of you know everything people forgot to tell you along the way uh uh-huh. at least i'm i'm hoping i get everything so anyway that's about five projects <laughs> and so i don't tend to just work on one thing at any time uh-huh. uh but once i start writing work of art uh or i should say the next work of art in about a week or so um that will be that'll take over my main focus so i'll spend most of my time writing that uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't like to, uh, I don't like to, I like to keep a lot of, uh, plates, uh, spinning. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, I, 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 I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I, I work from, you know, generally nine to three, nine to five, something like that. And while most of the time is spent writing, I'd say a couple hours also spent uh, trying to move other projects along as well. And uh, if you were to sit down and have a, a new writer or a group of new writers sitting in front of you, what advice would you give them? Um, well, that's tough. There's so many writers now and so few readers. It's easy to say, don't do it. But the problem is, is 
I mean, in my case, I don't, I didn't really have a choice. Uh, I grew up when novelists were really respected. Mm-hmm. And so I, I grew up with this idea that doing this, you know, would, would be uh, very different than it turned out. So who's to say where this is going to end up in a, you know, 20 years when computers sure. can write books for us. Uh, so you, you really, you have to love it. You have to be, you can't want to do anything else. Right. Um, because it takes so much of your energy and it's, it can be a heartbreak. Uh, and it takes, it, it has taken me, I mean, I'm going to be 54 next month and it's taken me this long to get to the point where I'm okay with this being what I do as opposed to wishing and praying I had, you know, picked up uh, a car repair book when I was 13. Well, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't pick one up either, so <laughs> I was a surfer. <laughs> Go figure. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just, um, I, 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 I found that, that writing, and you're absolutely right, there are so many writers and very few readers in the genre that I write in, which is Westerns, I mean, we have even fewer readers than, than yeah. you do. And so your stories have to be gritty and raw, and they have to appeal to the Western set. And, and um, you don't always hit a home run. Yeah. You know, I yeah, just... You know, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, something else that I keep seeing that is really annoying me, and kind of going back to what I was saying about uh, being tired of asking permission... I see a lot of young writers who are really concerned with saying things the right way as opposed by which I mean the uh, socially acceptable way. Right. Like not offending anyone. Right. Right. And it, it so irritates me. I want to tell them offend some people for the love of God, offend some people. (laughs) Yeah. Not not everybody is a Christian right hand, right winger, you know, just not everybody is. So, yeah, and, and also, you know, you can't grow as a writer if you're always trying to make everybody else happy. Right. You know, you're never going to find out how you write if you keep doing it the way they want you to do it. Exactly. And if you're not happy with what you put on the page, then you're not going to be a very good writer at all. Exactly. So, I mean, I found that, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I never wanted to follow the, the, the general writers of Western fiction, um, Zane Gray. Louis L'Amour. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't really because not the people in the West weren't six foot tall and square jawed and wide shouldered, narrow hip and never clean dirty, never <laughs> yeah. went to the bathroom, never <laughs> took care of their animals, galloped every place. That just didn't happen. I wanted to put out the best story I could put out with the most honest interpretation of the West as I could put it. And that's kind of the way you have to do any book. You have right. to do the the strongest. You, you got to get it. You got to punch hard. Right. And you got to be, you got to do it right. You got to be accurate. Right. And, yeah. and so I wound up with a great book that sold, oh, godly, lots and lots of copies, um, which is called Jonah Blue. And Jonah Blue um, follows a young boy um, from 10 years old to 34 years old. He's a mountain man and a oh, guide wow. and a rancher. Nice. But it's authentic all the way down the line. And I had people writing saying, oh, my God, this, this just really just blew me away. And that's you know? available on Amazon.com. It is available on Amazon, <laughs> all online booksellers. Yeah. And, and along with uh, Jefferson's Chance, which is the one right after it. So anyway, um, we're running out of time. 
Um, I want to appreciate your time and thank you so much for coming on and joining us again, Ken. As always, as always, it's a hoot. Hey, have thank you so much for having me back. I really oh, appreciate and, it. And and you will be back, I am sure, in the future. Oh, I'm hoping so, to be, yeah. Uh, you know, just just keep Jerry on your dialing list and keep her on your good <laughs> on, on your good side, and you'll get you'll get you'll get invited back for sure. Will do. Okay, so take care, my friend. You can hang on if you want. I just have a couple little announcements, and then I'm going to be out of here. Thanks, Jim. Okay, take care, Ken. And that was Ken LaSalle, a good friend of the show and a friend of mine. And uh, next week we have a writer, Tim Niederreiter. He is—I've uh, been on his show a couple times. And Tim is a is a writer. He writes science fiction and some some uh, almost into the horror genre. And we're looking forward to having Tim with us uh, next week. And then the following week we have uh, uh, ex LAPD detective and the writer co writer of a book called Malice in Wonderland about the 1982 Wonderland murders in Laurel Canyon um, in L.A. And there's actually a movie uh, made out about that called Wonderland and uh, starring, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, anyway, I don't care. Um, but uh, John Holmes was really involved in this story. So so um, that's Bob Sousa. And he wrote the book in conjunction with Tom Lang of the LAPD. And Tom Lang, of course, is the one who uh, was uh, the lead detective on the L.A. Simpson or the uh, O.J. Simpson case. So that being said, we will have uh Bobby Jeed back with us next uh, Thursday. And Russ will be back with us on the third the Thursday of next month. And until then, please, y'all have a good time. And from my little tiny studio deep in the bowels of Star, Idaho, I'm going to say I am out of here.